Hey guys, welcome to episode 7 of the Daily Hustle podcast. Today I'm here with Dr. Zamil Nazin. He's the owner of Supersmile Dental and he's also my client. Um, Zamil, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Kelvin. Um, it's been a pleasure to be on your podcast. Awesome, yeah. So today we're in Zamil's dental clinic. We're actually in one of his rooms. There's a chair at the moment right in front of us that people probably get their teeth pulled out. Um, and get operated on. It's pretty cool. Pretty much. Um, so thanks for inviting me to actually come here and, and record. Um, Zamil, tell me more about dentistry. I mean, how did you get into it and, and what was the whole, you know, being a yeah. dentist like? Um, in high school, I didn't know where I was wanted going, where I wanted to go. Um, my dad had braces to put on me when I was younger. Okay. Um, and he had to pay the dentist a bit of money and my dad's like, Dentistry has money in there. <laughs> Son, you're going to become a dentist. Right. Um, and at the time, uh, I didn't have any other ambitions or any other plans. And I thought, all right, whatever whatever dad says, I'll yeah. go with it. Okay. Um, so I started my journey into dentistry. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a first degree in medical science. And then after that, I got into dentistry. Yeah. Um, and then that was another four years of, of dental school. Yeah. And then after about seven, eight years of university, I finally graduated as a dentist. Congratulations, awesome. And so when did you graduate? Was that recently? Uh, 2017, so okay. the end of 2017, we graduated. And then, yeah, 2018, we started work. Yeah, okay, cool. And so going into dentistry, um, you just did your HSC, right? And then went straight into, what was the first degree, sorry? Uh, the first degree was just like a medical science because at Sydney University, you need to do a postgraduate to get okay. into dentistry yep. um, at the time. My dad didn't want me to go interstate. Mm-hmm. You can do dentistry straight after school in yeah. interstate or in regional in um, Orange. Yeah. Um, but in Sydney, you need to do a degree first. He didn't want me away from home. I think he probably missed me. Um, so <laughs> okay. he said, son, stay in Sydney. Yeah. Um, so I stayed in Sydney. And, okay, and cool. Fair enough. And so when you first started um, working, were you working in a random clinic that you found? Like, did you do practicals there and then you got hired? Or what was that like? Uh, um, so when I was just finishing my degree in dentistry, um, most of the tutors, most of the people in university, they always say to go for a public hospital job. And they are all people from the public hospital regions, you know. Um, so no one really told us to go private. Yep. Um, so I found a job uh, application in uh, Newcastle. Okay. So I drove up to Newcastle for the interview, came back down um, and did the interview there. And they called me back a couple of weeks later and they said, hey, you got, we got a job for you. Mm-hmm. And it's in Armadale. Would you like the job? And I said, yes, okay. I'll take the job. Yeah. And then I got off the phone and at the time I was married as well. My wife so I was like, hey, I got a job. Yeah. My wife's like, where is it? I'm like in Armadale. She's like, where's that? I'm like, I don't know. Let me check on the maps. <laughs> so I literally checked yeah. the map. The things about six and a half hours away. I'm like, yeah. well, we're moving to Armadale. Right. And so you actually it. moved to Armadale. Yeah. Oh, right. So was that at a public hospital or? It was at a public hospital. Yeah. yeah. It actually, even the funny thing is even when I uh, took the job yeah. and I said, yeah, I'll take the job. Mm. And he himself was a bit confused and a bit like, oh, okay. You oh, really? It. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think many people want to go that far. Right, okay. And so you moved to Armadale, mm. and how long were you there for? Um, so I moved to Armadale for about, I, t- I couldn't stay long. I stayed there for about <laughs> eight months. Yeah. The dental 
experience was really good um, yeah. and that's the whole reason I moved because public hospital um, when you're in a countryside and it wasn't you know I thought to myself I'll just throw me wherever you want in Australia and I'll go mm-hmm. and it's because in those remote locations um, there's no one else there's no surgeons there's no uh, specialists right. nothing. you are the specialist you are everything yeah, yeah right so a lot of the times whatever the issue is we've got to fix it and do what you can to fix it mm. Um, a lot of surgery, a lot of taking out of teeth and, you know, yep. so it was a lot of, um, kind of getting thrown into the deep end yep. and that's what you kind of want straight after university. You want to get thrown in deep end and right. kind of build yourself up from there. Okay. And so people who were studying with you, mm. did anyone else go to Armadale or were they all around Sydney and stuff? No, was most people in Sydney. Um, some moved back into the interstate regions, you know, Melbourne and Queensland, Brisbane. Yep. Um, there are people that go into the countryside. Yeah. Um, but not that many. Yeah, cool. Right. And so you were in Armadale for eight months, and then after that, where'd you go from there? I was in Armadale for eight months. Uh, I got the experience that I needed. I felt much more confident in yeah. doing all my dental you know, jobs, all mm-hmm. the dental roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said to myself, that's enough of Armadale, because it's very quiet. You know, yeah. There's not a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you have you, a kid at the time? I had a before? child, yeah. I had a child before I went to Armadale. Yeah. And then I had another daughter... My second daughter, she was born in Armadale Hospital. Right. Um, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then I came back to Sydney. It was too quiet for me. I was happy <laughs> with where I, where I was as a dental as a dentist. Um, yeah. So I said, you know what, I can get myself a private job in Sydney. Yeah. And I should be sweet from there. Yeah. And then you went into a private clinic. Mm-hmm. How long were you there for? Um, I was in the private clinic for about a year or so. Mm-hmm. I was just building up a bit more of my skill um, and learning more things in dentistry. Dentistry is always evolving and there's always new technology um, that's always coming out. Yeah. So as a new dentist, you're learning how to become a dentist first. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you know, you get all the basics right. And then you start to advance yourself and start getting more and more um, skills in, you know, yeah. the latest technologies. Yeah. And so like during our sessions that we've had together, you're always talking about upskilling, always yeah. talking about learning more. Yeah. Um, why do you see the value of upskilling? Where do you see that? Uh, and I guess, what's the role of upskilling in your role as a dentist? Yeah, so uh, previously in dentistry, it's been uh, a very, uh, what's that word, a very barbaric thing, you know? Right. A lot of people are very scared of dentists. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's a very sensitive place uh, in the body. Mm-hmm. The mouth has a lot of sensitivity. Um, and so, and we're working in that space. Yeah. And it's a very confined space for a dentist. Mm. You know, I always have problems with my neck and back and everything like that. Yeah. Um, so the way they're moving dentistry now is as much as we can, we do everything outside the mouth. Right. Okay. All the planning, everything that we I can see. do is outside the mouth. Okay. When it comes to inside the mouth, we want to spend as less time as possible, and so it's as comfortable as possible for the patient. Mm. And so that's the way that dentistry is going. And if you're not on that trend, then you'll kind of fall behind. And you know. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And so if your goal is to always yeah be on top of it, be at the top of the game all the time. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Cool. And so, obviously you're very young. How old are you now at the moment? Uh, 28. 28. And so you've, you know, you've, you have three kids now, you're married, um, you've gone through public, the public system, private system, yeah. and then now you've opened your own clinic. Yes. Uh, how old were you when you opened your own clinic? Uh, 27. 27. Cool. Yeah. So the reason, I guess, why I wanted you on the podcast as well is because you're a very young guy. Like, mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of dentists out there, or the dentists that I know, mm-hmm. they're quite old. Mm-hmm. Um, not not like the 60s and 70s, yeah. but older, older than you are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you opened up your, your first dental clinic at 27. Um, was that always your goal or were you, did yeah. it just sort of 
happen? Uh, no, it was always my goal. Um, my dad's a, a businessman. Um, he started, you know, he had a truck and an excavator. He started one when I was still a little kid, probably in kindergarten or something. Um, and he slowly grew his business, you know, to having multiple employees and multiple trucks and multiple diggers. Um, and then I saw that with my older brother as well. Yep. He started his, uh, his similar business and he went and continued to build that up. Mm. Um, and so it was always the career path that I was looking at yeah. was to um, start up a dental practice and yeah. slowly build it up. And so your mentality after uni was is, I'll go and learn as much as I can. And then in, was it your timeline, those three years to just learn as much as you can yeah. and get straight into it? Yeah. yeah. And my timeline was I need to be able to be confident and competent in all the basic stuff yep. and some level of advanced dentistry mm. then I can open up my own yep. um, and then I can you know the skills and the, and the technology is always uh, developing and continue to stay on top of it yeah um, as time goes on yeah do you feel like it was too fast like did you rush it no um, if if I looked at it from a technology perspective that you know a couple of things I could have not being able to afford mm. in the dental practice yeah and i still don't have because yeah. they're worth a half a million dollars or whatever right. it is okay i haven't bought that but then that's only one percent of practices anyway that actually do have those things right um in terms of opening my own practice um i find it difficult to work for someone else okay you know yeah it's always been you know difficult to work for someone else and growing up in that environment where everyone is has their own businesses mm. mm-hmm. um over time you get a certain level of freedom once you have a business that's running yeah um and that freedom is what i've always been yearning right. for yeah um freedom in terms of just of time and money right freedom of time more so than money time. yeah but freedom of time yeah yeah right mm-hmm. cool awesome so basically starting at 27 um, tell me about the process of starting your own clinic then um, yeah. what's that like um so i had no clue of how <laughs> to start where to start what to do what not um and my family members as well, you know, um, were all saying, look, it's a bit too early to start. Mm. Um, probably just wait a couple of years, get some more experience. Uh, but the problem is when you're starting a dentistry practice, you know the dentistry, but you don't know how to run a practice. You don't know how to run right. a business. Yeah. Um, and so I knew that I don't know how to run a business or a practice. Uh-huh. But I said, hey, if I get a couple of people, main people that I need, mm. like the receptionist and the assistants and bits and pieces, yeah. um, I'll learn, you yeah, know, right. I'll learn. Yeah. I know the dentistry part yeah. and I need to take some money off them mm-hmm. and that's the transaction that needs to be done. Yeah. Everything else, I'll learn as I go, you know? And so your idea of starting your own business was building a team around you mm. that could help you and support you into growing the business and running the business and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Also. Yeah, so that's I've seen like that from day one, you yeah. know, when I didn't know how to do anything on reception or mm. dental assisting or sterilizing, I got the people in those positions. Yeah. And then as this business started to grow, I needed someone to kind of manage all my employees. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next step was to get a practice manager. Yeah. And my practice manager has helped us to kind of um, make things much more efficient, much more yeah. productive, mm. much more financially productive as well. Yeah. Um, and move that forward, you know? Mm. So it kind of takes me a step back from my employees. I don't have to uh, deal with the day-to-day um, rosters yeah. and staff issues yeah. and, you know, changing uh, things yeah. around. So starting your own practice, obviously a huge risk, right? Mm. Um, where, where does risk 
come in like how does risk play a role in your mind that's it do you are you scared of were you scared of starting your business or were you confident what was it like at that time um a bit of both a bit of um you know there's a there's some confidence there's some fear Mm. um but in terms of risk i wouldn't say i'm a very high risk taker i'm not a very low risk taker um but i had the safety net Okay. When I was studying, yeah. I found it very difficult to study and very difficult to um, do the theory of dentistry. Right. At that time, I was scared because that time I had much more fear in the sense that, okay, if I do fail, mm. then I've spent the last six years building up to becoming a dentist yeah. and I've got nothing to uh, support me now. You know, right. There's no safety net. Yeah. But once I had the safety net of being a dentist, yeah. then running a business, now I've got the safety net. I've got, you know... I'm a dentist, I can always go back to work for someone else mm. and kind of pay off my debts as I go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, at the time, uh-huh. um, I was okay. I think the biggest thing for people starting their own business, and for me as well, um, is just initial capital. Um, one, it, is, it can be hard to draw out the initial capital to put into your business. Um, two, because you're so young, people don't want to really give you a loan either. Um, how did you work around that financially? Um, so I talked to a couple of the financial brokers and stuff like that, um, in the banks and, uh, they said, Hey, you're a dentist. Uh, we believe in you pretty much. We're happy to give you some amount of money. Okay. Right. And I said, okay, that's cool. Um, and then I worked back from that. They said that we can give you a certain amount of money. Mm. All right. And I said, okay, how can I make that work? Right. Cause at the time I wasn't, you know, I wasn't 10 years into my profession. I didn't have a lot of money to back me. Yeah. Um, so I went back from what, what they had given me mm-hmm. and I made the place work yeah. with that amount of money. Yeah, right. So you first figured out what you had to play with first. Pretty much. And work from there. Yeah. Cool. In terms of starting your own practice, what was it like, like finding location, um, renovating, stuff like that? Did you do all of that yourself or did you get someone to help you out? Um, no, I did that all myself. I didn't know a whole lot in terms of finding the location and, yeah. and the design and stuff. Um, and then we used... I had a couple of quotes from a couple of builders for to build the place out. Yeah. Um, and we just went with one of them. Yeah. Um, they were all in the dental industry, so yeah, right. I had some level of confidence that they could deliver. Mm. In terms of finding the place, I just looked on real estate, you know, commercial <laughs> real estate. Yeah. I didn't really know where I wanted to go. I didn't want to be like a house dentist. Yeah. And I didn't want to be uh, a place where there wasn't a lot of foot traffic. Yeah. A lot of the things these days you see, uh, people are moving a little away from a little bit away from towns mm. and doing much of their shopping in shopping centers and shopping plazas. Right. You know? So I thought maybe I should go there. Again, I was still young and I'm still learning, so that was just let's try it and see what happens. Okay. You know? Yeah. And so now you're in a shopping plaza. Yeah. Um, what shopping plaza is this? Uh, this is Chipping Order Market Plaza. It's a small plaza. It's mm. a medium-sized plaza. Um, this has your general basic shops like uh, Coles, and it's got a GP next door and the bakery and yeah. news agent, chemist mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. Cool. And they were missing a dentist. Yeah. So I thought, hey, this is a good opportunity here. Okay. Cool. Um, and I went with it. Yeah. And so you were looking for opportunities to um, basically start your own practice. You found a place that suited you that, that you were looking for and you just sort of rolled with it. Mm. Um, did you have an exit strategy in case things didn't work out? Exit strategy was um, go back to working with someone else. <laughs> that was <laughs> But it. then what about all the, like the loans and the debts and stuff? Yeah. So they'd have to pay that off slowly. Right. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. That was the exit strategy. But I pretty much put all my life savings, every last dollar into it. Yeah. I said, we have to make this run. There's no plan B. Yeah, right. 
how much sort of runtime did you give yourself and how much money did you give yourself to um, go? Because for me, the way I've done things is I'd say if this doesn't work out by you know, six months or 12 months, then let's call it quits or mm. let's figure out something that can make it work or start changing a strategy mm. uh, and also give myself this much money if I don't start making breaking even or profit from then then it's time to reevaluate. Did you have that in mind as well? I didn't have that in mind. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't Should think, you have had that I in mind, you think? Now that you say it, that's a very good uh, uh, you know, idea. <laughs> you should have that. You know, What if it doesn't work? How long do I keep going until it doesn't? Yeah, know? right. the debts will continue to increase. Yeah. Okay. I never had that in my mind at the time. Was it just not anything you could have, like you just didn't think of doing that? I just didn't think about that it wouldn't work. I just yeah. thought it would work. Yeah, right. But you know what, if I have to live on bread and oil for a couple of weeks or a couple yeah. of months or, yeah. or a year that's fine i'll do it but mm. i've got to get this one working because um, the other thing is also you've got kids and a wife yeah. as well to look after yeah. um so i'm just like if i was in your situation would be like damn like mm. i've got all this de- debt and stuff i've got to look after kids i've got to feed children um so it would have been for me personally it would have been pretty scary but it looks like in your mind it was just like it's gonna work like let's do it it'll work my wife said to me i said to her, i want to start um, she said, yeah, go for it. She was really supportive That's about good. the whole thing. Yeah. I did have two young kids at the time, um, but they were both, you know, infants at the time, one, two, three years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but ever since I was in university, then I started working, then I saved up whatever I had mm-hmm. for this place. Um, we haven't had a lot of money to play with. Yeah. You know? right. It's always been very limited, you know, mm-hmm. cause she was with me since university, right. married university. And then we started, I started working in Armadale, then I came back. Um, so we've always lived on a little bit of money mm. and it's been enough, yeah. you know? And so I said, let's continue that, you know, put everything <laughs> into the business, yeah. just wait a little bit longer, be a little bit more patient. Yeah. And she's very patient, my wife. So she's like, yeah, let's do it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we made it work. Yeah. And I know I've spoken to a lot of business owners who put a lot of emphasis on finding the right person. Um, not just to work for in business, like a partner in business, but also a life partner as well. Mm. Um, what role do you think your wife plays in your business? Um, Is she the boss? In terms, of, <laughs> in terms of the practice, I mean, she's very busy. She's got three young kids, yeah. three young daughters. We've got three young daughters. So uh-huh. um, she's very busy at home. So yeah. she doesn't really uh, bother, you know, in the, in the business <laughs> too much. Yeah. Um, but in your but life. she's very supportive, okay. you know, in yes. terms of yeah. a non-business she doesn't have, I mean, again, for her, her father's a businessman and, you know, she's got a lot of people who do business in her family yeah. and she grew up watching her father, you know, right. he still works six days a week, you know, yeah. in his sixties now. Mm. Um, so she understands that, Yeah, right. but she doesn't get too involved, you know, she lets me do my yeah. thing. Do you think if she was more, I guess, um, bur- not burdening, but like uh, a bit more sort of like, you have to be home at this time, like you've got to yeah. come back to the kids and stuff. Yeah. How would you think that would have worked out? Do you think it would have worked out? Or? No, then it wouldn't have worked out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times I'll say I'll be home by seven o'clock and it ends up being eight, eight thirty, nine o'clock. Yeah. So, um, so she's very supportive, very understanding, yeah. very yeah. patient. I did say to her, it's a bit like a plane coming off the runway, you know, when it, take, when it takes off, it takes a lot of energy and yeah. a lot of time, you know, just to get off. But once it's in the air, mm. you can kind of go on autopilot. Yeah. I said, just give me some time. Yeah. The first two years or so, just give me some time mm. to set it up. Once it's up in the air, then I can take some time back, you know, yeah. and cut some time back and spend yeah. some more time with. And know. so what you're a year and a half of opening your own practice mm. now. So you're still on the runway, you'd mm. say. 
Yeah. Um, how much left of that runway do you have until you take off? Look, no, I'm at a stage where the runway can go as long as possible and we can continue, you know, there's okay. no issue with that. It's yeah. just about me taking um, some time off, yeah. and which we have start, I have started now, yeah. you know. Before, for the last year and a half, we were doing about uh, seven days a week. Oh, so I you're working seven days, days a week. week, yeah. Now I've cut back to five from yeah. this week, actually. Oh, it's not cut back Congratulations. Five days. Thank you. <laughs> so it's a good feeling to try and, you know, get another dentist in, you yeah. know, get them to work. Yeah. Um, and finally you start to see that vision come into play, yeah. you know, that always had. Yeah. Like three months ago when we first started training together, yeah. um, you were still working seven days a week, I remember. Mm. And I was just, in my head, I was like, how's this guy going to get to the gym, work seven days a week, deal with three kids? Yeah. Um, but no, it's good to hear that you've cut down in hours. Mm-hmm. How has that process been in terms of that sort of, uh, like for me, it looks like you're in the last phase of the startup phase, yeah. right? Um, how's that last past three months been for you? Has it been very easy or difficult? What's it been like? Well, it's a new phase because you're going from an owner operator where you're the only you know person in the business mm. to now having multiple operators working or multiple dentists working in the place. Yeah. Um, and each dentist works differently. Mm. You know, my staff are used to me as a dentist. Now they've got a new dentist. So a lot of, I guess, um, understanding. You know, letting the staff know like, hey, we've got a new dentist on. This is how they work, or this is how they're going to be working. Yeah. Very different from how I might be working. Mm. You know, and understanding and learning from each other. You know, so the staff are like, hey, you know, this dentist does it like this. We need to get this, or we need right. to change the way we do things. And yeah. the dentist tells me, you know, hey, I want to do things like this, or my staff are a bit different the way mm. they work. Yeah. Um, just to make everyone, you know, work in a very harmonious environment. Yeah. And so it's sort of building that culture of making sure everyone's a bit more flexible, adaptable. Yeah. Um, let's, let's draw it back a little and talk about that startup phase and when you mm. first started working seven days a week. Mm. Um, what was your mentality then? Was it just like, I just need to keep working until I, I get comfortable? Mm. What, what were the benchmarks? What were the sort of um, criteria that you had to hit in order for you to go, okay, I can step, take a step back? Yeah. So when you're starting a business, I guess, um, to provide value for your guys, um, for your viewers, um, starting a business, I guess there's a couple of things you need to get right in your mindset that first things first, you're going to have to work hard. Yeah. When you work for someone else, you get paid and whatever you get paid, you, there's no sense of fee, you know, mm-hmm. there's a security at yeah. the end of the week, you'll get paid. Um, when you're starting a business from scratch, um, there might not be pay. Yeah. You're going to be working double or triple the amount of hours and at the end of the month or the end of the week, you'll be like, I've got nothing to show for it. <laughs> yeah. I've got nothing to show for it. Mm. But at the back of, the, of your mind, you need to be thinking, oh, you know what, but it's building up. Yeah. You see the patient flow coming in, mm. you know, uh, for the first couple of months, uh, we were working and obviously the business is not making money at the time, um, but you see the patient flow coming in. And so yeah. that's what you need to think. And I yeah. see that. No one else sees that, you know, everyone right. else is a bit like, uh, you're not making that. money, man. Like, yeah, yeah. But I see my book is getting busier yeah. and busier mm-hmm. and each month, you know, and then you have your ups and downs, the cycle, you know, it goes up, there's a lot of patience and then comes back down again. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see it going up, you know, yeah. and that's what you need to kind of keep your mind focused on the fact mm-hmm. that, all right, you know what? The business is going in the right direction. Yeah. The money's not there because you might be reinvesting. Yeah. There's always, there's always more things to be buying or, you know, new technology or whatever it is. Um, so you might be buying new things, but you know the business is going in the right direction. Mm. Um, so that's mindset. like long-term vision, right? Long-term vision. So yeah. your, your vision needs to be in place yeah. from the beginning. Mm. You need to be someone that works, you know? Yeah. 
the good thing about dentistry is the feel is the thing that dentists are a type of doctor and doctors in general they do work hard but most of the time saturdays and sundays is days that you that you've usually had off right you don't see a lot of doctors and dentists that are open on sundays right yeah so that was a, a niche that we could capitalize on say hey you know what let's open on sundays mm-hmm. and each sunday even until now like every sunday we'll get emergencies one or two or up to five emergencies yeah uh, toothaches because my doctor or my dentist is always uh, closed and there's mm. no other dentist around. So you'll take it. Mm. I used to have I no I used to I have a patient comes all the way from I think South Coast man to see me. Wow yeah because I'm open on a Sunday you know. Right. Okay. Um, so you get a lot of business um, if you're willing to put in that hard work. So the vision and the hard work are two of the main things mm. that you need to be. And then of course be able to sacrifice your lifestyle. Yeah. So a lot of dentists, as they kind of continue down their path of being a dentist, they get accustomed to a certain lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it becomes hard for them to kind of take a step back yeah. and um, take a pay cut and open their own practice. And it might take a year, it might take two years, it might take three years to kind of build it back up to mm. where they were. Mm. And they're not willing to take that risk. Yeah. What made you willing to take that risk? Um, I have never been accustomed to any sort of lifestyle. Okay. And I always, for me, at the end of the day, it's always been business provides you with a level of freedom. Right. Yeah. So it always comes back down to that. Yeah. You know, if something happens, someone's sick and you're working for someone, it's hard to take time off, you know, Mm. if you don't have enough leave available or something happens and you need to go to a different country because someone's getting sick or you need to go see someone for Mm. whatever reason, it's hard, you know, but if you have your own business, you have other dentists working for you, you have that level of freedom to say, Hey, I got to go out for a week. I'll be back, you know? Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, that's what's always kind of driven me. And I've seen that with my brother and my dad yeah. and family members and I'm like, all right, that's where I want to be. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So you were never in that state of mind of being an employee ever? No. Yeah. So, yeah. And why I started so early was because uh, I didn't want to work for anyone else for any longer. <laughs> you were just sick of it. I was sick of it. Yeah. I was like, I've got to make this work, you know? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Cool. So earning your own business then, um, obviously that would have come with some mistakes. Mm. What do you think have been your biggest mistakes or things that you've overlooked which you shouldn't have or you've learned from? Uh, one of the biggest mistakes uh, or possibly personality traits that I have is I look at the bigger things and I lose focus on the smaller details. Mm. And a lot of those smaller details, and a lot of people say this about me, um, those smaller details is where I really get caught out a lot of times. Right. Know? Um, so whether it's when I was building the place and looking through the contract and making sure everything's in there, mm. because I'm always rushed for time and that's another thing, you know, I'm always rushing, um, I'll miss out on certain details in the construction phase, you know, yeah. and now I've been going through my marketing and took a step back now looking at my marketing details and, uh, I start to question things in my marketing plan and my, right. my marketing, you know, objectives. Yeah. Um, so focusing on the bigger things but also having some an eye of detail for for those smaller things Mm. is important you know yeah yeah and so in terms of like contracts and stuff and being rushed for time i guess what are you doing now to resolve it are you just taking more time to look through things and just giving yourself more time uh i have a certain level of self-awareness about myself about these things you know that i'm good in certain things yeah and not so good in other things okay so Sometimes it's good to try and fix yourself up, you know, like, mm. hey, I need to improve myself here and improve myself there. Mm. But when I hired my practice manager, yeah. I got someone who was complementary to my personality. Right. So I like to look at the bigger things 
she's very detailed focused. Okay. So we work together in the sense that I'll look at the bigger things and she goes through things really well. Right. Um, which helps me so I don't have to really improve myself in that <laughs> aspect. Yeah, right. Um, of course, it's something I should be looking into more and you know, spending time with her, then uh-huh. you know, I kind of start looking into those details. Mm. Um, so that's you know, where I've kind of yeah. learned how to work. That's really interesting that you mentioned that. Um, I know a lot of people that I listen to, like motivational speakers and stuff, it's like be self-aware, which is definitely very important. Mm. Um, but then a lot of them are like, oh, you should fix up you know, the mistakes that you, you have or whatever. But to be honest, like you can't be a perfect person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you can't fix every single one of your traits. Like it's your own personality trait, and it's just part of who you are. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting that you bring that up, where you're self-aware, but you don't, I guess, focus too much on trying to fix it immediately, but get someone to actually help you complement your traits. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people can learn from, from that, and, and me as well. I think um, in terms of running my own organization. I have a not-for-profit organization that I have on the side that I do. Um, there's a lot of people involved. And I'm always sort of, I guess, hard on myself sometimes because I feel like, oh, I'm not paying attention to this. I'm not sort of aware of that. Um, but you're right, you're right. Sometimes you can get other people to help you out, mm. which is good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what have been your biggest achievements in your business, you think? Biggest achievements in my business? Um, that's a good question. Um, what are you proud I, of? Yeah, I've always had that long-term goal that once I have, you know, this place is a three-chair practice. At the moment, we're just using the one chair. Yeah. Um, but once I have the other chairs running, dentists working, mm. that's my achievement. Yeah. That's what I'm looking forward yeah. to. That day where I, I can sit and not do anything, <laughs> and I have the dentist working. Yeah. Um, is one of my greatest achievements that I'm working towards. In the meantime, um, what's one of my greatest achievements? I don't really have a lot of credit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, I, I guess, like, is there something that you're specifically proud about that you've done? Or, like, um, I, I mean, starting your practice is pretty awesome at 27. I, one of my greatest achievements, I think, is also probably the fact that after I started my business yeah. and had to continue to upskill yeah i continued to you know do more and more things at the mm. moment for example we're doing digital implants not just a normal implant but we do most of our planning for the implant digitally online right so i had to learn about digital implants and, mm. and you know go through the phases of learning again mentorship yeah. in order to get myself proficient and competent in placing mm. implants mm. in a digital manner in the sense that you know you might come in just for about half an hour We'll get the implants in and out for you and done. You right. Know? Yeah. Whereas before they'd open up the gums and you know, put stitches in and drill and this and that. Right. Much yeah. more efficient and much more comfortable for the patient. Yeah. Yeah. Um, learning in general, theory, learning has been a difficult thing for me to grasp over the last 10, 20 years, ever okay. since I've been in school, I've hated mm. school, I've hated university. Right. Okay. Um, and so then going back to learn orthodontics as well. Yeah. Now we're doing orthodontics and braces and Invisalign mm. um, and to learn all those skills, you know, and stay at the forefront of, of all those new skills. That's been a big achievement for me. Mm. That's been massive, okay. you know. Yeah, awesome. And so you've been mentioning that you've been rushed for time, but you also place a lot of importance in upskilling and learning. Mm. I guess with being rushed for time, it comes down to priorities, right? Mm. And so obviously you'd prioritize learning at the forefront 
what would you say your other priorities would be in running a business? Um, it's not a priority that I've had, but I'm starting to have now is looking at running the business right rather than working in the business or you know working in the chair mm. um that's a, that's the biggest priority yeah uh if you don't look at where your numbers are or where your business is headed mm. then on all you do is work you'll never grow yeah you need to take a step back have a look see what's going on mm. uh in the business then you can make those decisions you know yeah so that's been my latest priority ever yeah. since i've kind of cut back on my hours mm. um is to be running the business yeah. rather than working in the business in terms of cutting back your hours and taking a step back would that would you say that that would be a step backwards financially for you definitely right of course yeah and uh, you have to take a step back you have to take a step back and you have to take a financial pay cut mm. in order to grow your business yeah when you're right. scaling a business you know you need to reinvest your profits and you know you got to get more people in yeah. which means more money going out yeah mm. but then of course long-term vision it'll work out long term yeah better long term then you have multiple dentists working and you know multiple chairs running yeah and multiple practices running mm. um and then you you recollect the rewards from that yeah yeah mm. nice and so i want to come back to what you mentioned about hard work mm. right um because i guess the daily hustle is all about hard work and putting in that work every day you work seven days for a very long time mm. um what, 16 months of seven days a week working seven days a week um, and you have all this other stuff going on in your life. You've got kids, you know, wife and stuff, family. Um, in terms of hard work, I like to relate that to starting off as a PT as well. Mm. When I first started as a PT last year, um, honestly, I didn't know what I was doing. There was no other PT there at the gym to help me out there. Um, I was very fresh to industry. I didn't know what I had to do. But this, what you're saying about putting in the hours but not really getting paid for it was very, very a very similar experience that I had. Essentially, a lot of the times for the first five to ten weeks was just making calls to, to new members, making calls to members who haven't come to the gym in, in you know, three months and stuff, just to get them in, back into the gym to offer them a complimentary session. So whenever I have any new clients, even if they, um, they're like, yes, I want, I want to train with you, um, I'm ready to pay you, I'm ready to do whatever, I always offer them a complimentary session first to start with, just so I have an idea of who the person is like, if I actually can train them, help them get to their goals, um, and also set goals with them. And so I think it's very valuable when you take a pay cut and just um, look at the value of time versus the value of money. Um, use your time well and efficiently to actually build up your business rather than keep looking at the money and the financials of the time. Because at the end of the day, once you put in that time, it'll pay off and that money will come. Uh, and I think if your service is good enough and you're always upskilling, you're always bringing something new to your clients or to your patients, then it'll always sort of pay off. Yeah, it's like an analogy of a tree, you know? Um, if you kind of give it the water, give it the nourishment it needs, mm. give it a couple of years and then you can sit back, you know? Yeah, and true. Then, get all the fruit from it yeah yeah awesome so in terms of growth now mm. uh, like I said before you're at the sort of end of your startup phase mm. um, you've mentioned that the goal would be to fill up three chairs mm. um, what would be next off of that long term like super long term massive dreams what would it be for you um, dentistry is changing a lot and a lot of patients uh, always say you know it hurts in the mouth and it hurts in the pocket you know right yeah um it's been something that's been expensive for a long time uh -huh. 
And so one of the things of owning a practice um, and moving into this industry was, hey, how can we make it a little bit more affordable for people Mm -hmm. um, visiting the dentist? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't realize, but they put off coming to the dentist for their preventive work. And what happens is then we need to do treatment, which then costs more money. Yeah. And it gets really expensive really quickly, you Mm -hmm. know? Getting it clean done, even when you have a health fund, is generally there's no cost. It's free if you have a health fund. But if you then have to get a new tooth, like a digital implant, then you're looking at about three to five thousand dollars. You know, Mm. so if we can get the Australian population, so I'm thinking on a national level, opening multiple practices, um, and having that ethos in mind that you know what we understand that it's expensive for Mm. for Australians but let's make it as cost effective as possible um and then we have more people coming to the dentist for their preventive work Mm. um and that helps the business run um then we can you know continue to service the teeth of australians all around australia yeah yeah so practices all over australia is the ideal goal nice one day one day one day (laughs) i think that's really awesome ethos but i feel like there can be some holes in it as well. Some people might think like, oh, you're just trying to make money off me by getting me in every six months to mm. get my cl- teeth clean, which should be happening anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like a lot of people will, would only go to a dentist if there's an immediate issue or mm. immediate reason to go to the dentist. Mm. Um, I know I've been putting off my clean for a while, um, so maybe we can clean. <laughs> no, clean. Yeah, but I also know that I need braces too, mm. but I haven't been doing that because one, I understand there's a lot of cost involved, but two, um, I don't want train tracks in my teeth, <laughs> but I, I guess yeah, you're right in in making things affordable. And it's the same thing with same thing with fitness too. Mm. If we can build someone up to make sure that they don't get injured um, later down the track, then they'll save costs in going to a physio, going mm. to a chiro, you know, getting meds, or even surgery. Mm. Um, so I think yeah, that's sort of ethos. What you said about um, people thinking that uh, do I really need to see the dentist every six months mm. and um, Everyone will, or most people, they're supposed to take their car into service every three months. Yeah, you right. use your car almost every day. Yeah. Um, and you need to get the change uh, of mm. the oil and the filters and whatnot. Mm. Um, and your teeth, you're using them day in, day out, every single day. Yeah, um, true. You're eating sugars and all those other you know, things um, mm. and crunchy stuff. And you might chip or you might break or you get a lot of plaque building up on your teeth. Yeah. Um, and if you don't get that cleaned off and you don't get that checkup, mm. then those small problems will turn into bigger problems. You know? Yeah. Um, and so it's something we use every day so we need to look after it yeah well I, I know that people with their car service that everyone's pretty good with their, getting mm. their car service every three months why do you think people aren't as good with their own teeth um, it comes down to the fact that dentistry is a bit scary you're inside someone's mouth right they're awake mm. you know it's sensitive sometimes okay sometimes people associate it with pain mm. um so that's why, and plus, you know, in the past it has been a bit more expensive, mm. and so people have been putting it off. Yeah, right. And so, what would you say your methods are? Do you have any like unique methods that you do to make things pain free? I guess if you say it now, it won't be unique anymore. But anything you can tell us that you sort of do to make things pain free for your patients? Um, so I think the main thing is look, dentistry is going to be dentistry, but as minimal time in the mouth as we can yeah. is the first thing we try. That's okay. one of our main things. Yeah. The second thing is um, distractions. You know. Okay. Um, so 
we've got the ceiling. You know, yeah, you got a TV up in your ceiling, which is awesome. So kids that love before. that. Yeah. You know, we'll put on their favorite TV show. Yeah, you know, right. On Netflix or whatever they want to watch. Yeah. Um, and then they'll just have their mouths open and just watching the TV screen. You know, it's awesome. So, because dentistry itself isn't actually painful, you know, mm. but it's uncomfortable. Yeah. But if your mind is distracted, then you're not. You know, focusing on that discomfort that's going on in your head, in your you know teeth. Yeah. Then uh, you're focused on something else. Mm-hmm. Then it works. You know. Mm-hmm. So those are the two main things in terms of uh, making it as pain free as possible. Yeah. And then when it comes to the pain in the pocket, um, we do a lot of no gap stuff. So for example, okay. a lot of people in the show these days have a health fund. Yeah. If you have a health fund, you just come in, present your health fund card. Um, and we'll swipe that. We don't charge you a gap on checkups and cleans right. and x-rays and fillings, all the preventive stuff, yeah. you know, because we're trying to push towards getting the prevention yeah. um, rather than treating things, mm. you know. So explain to me the, the whole no gap thing. Mm. Um, how does that work? Because I don't even know how that works. <laughs> yeah. Even a lot of people in health funds themselves, they don't know what, what that no gap oh, really? <laughs> So if you have a health fund, your health fund will pay something. Yeah. For, for example, the cleans here, we charge $100. Mm-hmm. The health fund will pay you possibly fifty dollars. Yeah. Then you, out of your pocket, at mm. any other dental practice, will have to pay the fifty dollars out of yeah. your own pocket. Yeah. But at Super Smart Dental here, we only charge the fifty. We don't charge you. We whatever the health fund gives us, which is the fifty dollars. Yeah. And we don't charge you that gap payment of fifty dollars. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's called no gap. Yeah. yeah. We don't charge you that gap. Yeah. Mm. And so you would be making a loss then, wouldn't you? True. So we'd be making a loss because we don't get that other fifty dollars. However. Where we make it up is the fact that a lot of people that have four or five or ten feelings, you know, yeah. um, they usually don't get their feelings because it costs a lot of money. Right. Um, and so we say, hey, you don't have to pay because your health fund's covering, you know, mm. some of it. And that's sufficient for us, you know. Right. That's sufficient. We've worked out the numbers that, hey, as long as, you know, people are coming in to get their cleans and their feelings or whatever mm. else they need to get done. Yeah. Um, that works for us. And so it's more so decreasing the amount of amount that people pay but getting more people in exactly right yeah. and so the numbers work out numbers work out interesting when did you start thinking of that um when i was in private practice you right. know a lot of people would come in and they would want to get things done mm. and i did this, see a gap in the market and i thought hey let's uh let's use that mm. and so i guess with having more affordable dentistry would you be then targeting a demographic where they are more lower socioeconomic or do you see yourself expanding just across Australia in general? No. Whether you're a rich person or a poor person... Dentistry is always going to be expensive. Dentistry is always going to be... No, dentistry is going to be expensive, but also <laughs> the fact that people are always going to be price conscious. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. Um, and uh, if you, you have to pay $300 for a clean... Mm. And then you come to Super Smart Center and you get the same treatment, if not better. Yeah. And you don't have to pay anything. Mm. You're like, hey, why am I paying that extra three hundred dollars? You know. Yeah. Right. And I'm getting better service. Yeah. So, and it's been working for us. You know, okay. um, a lot yeah. of people have been coming back. Yeah. Um, and getting their cleans regularly done here. Mm. Awesome. So in terms of your service, then obviously you're a dentist, you clean teeth, and you do fillings and stuff. Do you think there's much importance in like following up with patients, um, talking to them, and building a relationship? What role does that play in your sort of job? Dentists and patients, um, they're a certain type of doctor. So a lot of patients have a lot of a close relationship with their dentists, you know? Um, And so they always want to tell us about their lives and what's going on. And um, so having that relationship with your patient 
uh, as a dentist is very important mm. um, because if you don't have that relationship, then uh, most you know patients will kind of go away yeah. or they won't bother to come back. Yeah. So do you actively try to build that relationship with your patients or do people just tell you their life stories? Uh, I think as long as you're genuine, yeah. you know, Right. You don't necessarily have to go into all the details. Of <laughs> How's your divorce? But, but, you know, whatever they ask or whatever they're telling you, just be genuine about yeah, it. Right. And, and, you know, patients see that level of genuineness. Yeah, right. Then they trust you, you yeah. know. Um, and if you give them good, you know, good advice, mm. they'll continue to trust you. They'll refer you to family and friends. Yeah. That's how it builds, you know. Yeah, awesome. Doing the, good, and doing the right thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Awesome, man. So I guess in the next year or so, what's the plan? Um, I guess in more detail because we know that you want to go nationwide. But the next two or three years, what's yeah. the, the goal for you, both I guess professionally and, and personally? Uh, yeah, so next two years, I plan on uh, continuing to build this practice up. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we have a second one started yeah, um, awesome. in the next two years. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is obviously I want to cut back on my clinical hours or patient hours, mm. probably down to about one to two days a week. Mm -hmm. I still want to do it because it's, uh, you start to enjoy what you do. You yeah, know, right. a certain level of passion to it. Mm. Um, I mean, you started dentistry to be a dentist, not a business owner, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the dentistry is always going to be like a hobby, you know? Yeah. Um, hobby. Yeah. So I want to keep that hobby going, uh -huh. um, but keeping the business and that side going yeah. as well. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, in terms of business, uh, I was listening to another podcast actually yesterday and they were saying how much a business is like to a marriage. Um, basically, once you start a business, you're married to the business. Mm. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? That's pretty true. That's pretty true. Yeah. Um, once you start a business, you're kind of married to it. Yeah. Um, and I think the important thing is, but you've got to find a way to try and um, keep yourself a certain distance, you know, mm. you've got to kind of get your exit strategy going, you know? Yeah. You can't always be in there five, six, seven days a week. Yeah. You need to find a way that what you're happy with, you know? Mm -hmm. For some people that could be working five days a week. Yeah. Um, or some people could be working one to two days a week, you mm -hmm. know? If you can find that and work towards that, yeah. um, which then means you need to be hiring other people in order to keep that business growing, mm -hmm. you know? With your clinic then, or with your practice, people would obviously ask to see you, right? Mm -hmm. um, and with getting other dentists in then, how do you think that's going to work? Because I have another client of mine who is a hairdresser, right? And I was talking to him that day, I was like, why don't you just hire more people and to get busy? He was always saying, oh, I'm so busy, you know, I booked out and stuff. So I just told him, you know, why don't you just hire more people to do your work for you? Because I just, everyone just asks for me, like, even if I tell them to do, oh, like I have, he said, I have an assistant. Mm. She does most of the work actually. And I do all the touch nuts and stuff, but then, when people tell other people that they got their hair done, it's like, oh, they got, they got it done by me, not by, by my assistant. Um, how do you see that in your practice? Like, is that an issue that you've faced or? So that's true. So what happens is your, you know, your appointment schedule will get booked out and it's hard to see, you know, people. And um, just have to tell them, if you want to see um, Zamil or Dr. Zamil, it will be a three month wait. Yeah. However, he has a lot of trust in his associate dentist mm. and that's the reason why I hired him in the first place but I usually say that myself you know right. I say hey look I won't be able to see you in six months time I'm going to send you to my therapist or the, the dentist that's working here um, and he or she will look after you mm. I have a lot of trust in them and that's why that I've got them because yeah. I don't have time to see you yeah. for um, your clean yeah. um, 
And so the fact that they're like, oh, okay, well, if the doctor trusts, you know, that other doctor, mm. and I'm happy to go. You right. Know? So you need to kind of wiggle your way out of it. <laughs> um, or if they're really adamant, yeah. then it's they go on wait, three month wait list yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. Um, is there anything else that you want to say about you know running your own business, about your practice, or anything mm. that you you think would provide value? I think the main thing is a lot of people uh, think about a lot of things. Yeah. And they think and they think and they think and they're like, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? Should I do it? Should I not do it? <laughs> yeah. Um, and especially at a young age, I think for most people and especially for most of your viewers, um, just do it, yeah. you know, see what happens. Mm. Most of the time you won't get completely burnt Yeah. and you won't go, you know, you won't have to go back to your own job or whatever it is, mm. but you'll be stuck in a certain, you know, yeah. place in your business. But if you keep working at it, keep, you know, chipping up at it, it will get better. You yeah. know, you need to learn from your mistakes, you know. Mm. So if you are making some sort of mistakes, you need to kind of self-analyze yourself and say, hey, what's going on here? Why is that happening? How can yeah. I make it not happen like that? Yeah. You know, um, and so learning from your mistakes um, and just giving it a go, because if you don't give it a go, it's not going to work. Um, but the other thing is this indecision. There's some, I don't know, some, some, some sort of saying that says that those that think they will and those that think they can't mm. are both right. Yeah, right. Some like that. <laughs> those that think they can yeah. and those that think they can't, yeah. both of them are right. Right, yeah. You know, you'll say, I can't do it. You're right, you can't do it. Yeah, you'll right. say, I can do it. You're right, you can do it. Yeah, you know? right. yeah. So a lot of people are like, ah, oh, I don't think you should do it. You know? And then if you continue you know, getting pulled by them, mm then uh, you will be like, yeah, yeah, they're probably right, you know? Mm. But mm -hmm. have a decision that you make and follow through with it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, just stay stubborn on your decision. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people, yeah, a lot of young people especially, I mean, even older people, not even as young people, mm. um, yeah, are thinkers, not doers. Yeah. Uh, I see that a lot now mm. where they're like, oh, yeah, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to, you know, own this, I want to mm. have this nice car. Mm. But it's never like, I'm going to do this to get to where I want to be. Yeah. Um, it's always, I want this or yeah. I want that, not I will do this yeah. to get to where I want baby to be. Baby steps, just take baby steps yeah. and you'll start to see it evolve, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like that TikTok, you know? They're like, oh, we should do a TikTok page. And I'm like, all right, let's do a TikTok page, you know? They're like, what should we do? I'm like, I don't know. But then we started, right? Mm. We had all these videos, whatever. They're like, no, it's not cool. It's not cool. So just post it. Yeah. Just post it. Mm. The more TikToks we do, the slowly we'll get better and better. Yeah. We look like it's in there, but that's all right. We'll, yeah. we'll get better and better and better. Yeah. Um, and it'll start to build up. You yeah. Know? And the more you do something, the more experience you get in that, the more knowledge you start to get in that. Mm. You know, when I started business, I had no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. No idea. Mm. Nothing. And then you learn a little bit and then you learn a little bit and then you learn and over time you're like, hey, you know, you look back and you say, hey, I've learned so much. Yeah. And now I look at myself in the last year, what an idiot I was to do, you know, <laughs> all the mistakes that I did yeah. and all the, you know, decisions yeah. that I made. But at least I made some sort of decisions yeah. and I moved forward, you know, yeah. um, and then I learned from those mistakes. Yeah. You know? well, I mean, there's a principle for that, for, for, you know, doing small things every single time. It's called the principle of marginal gains, right? I'm not sure if you heard of it, but yeah. yeah, the principle of marginal gains where you do something every single day, it might be 1%, mm. but over 100 days, 1 times 100 is 100%, right? Yeah. Uh, right, Max doesn't work like that, but anyway, <laughs> you get the point. Um, it's just, you know, every single, every single day you're doing something to get to where you want to be. Mm. And that's what the daily hustle is about, man. Like, if you do something every single day, whether it's, you know, for me as a PT, it's calling 
five people a day, mm-hmm. five, five new members a day, or you know, talking to five new people on the floor. Mm-hmm. That's five opportunities that I can to get new clients. Exactly. Um, and so making those little steps, people sort of overlook it and think, oh, no, nah, like, you know, they won't do anything or, yeah. you, know, um, you know, it's not going to count or something. It will. Like, if you multiply it by the amount of time you do it, it's going to get you somewhere. Exactly. And I was talking to, to one of my friends, high school friends, ages ago, um, and I started with this, this conversation today. It's like, if we keep doing something, whether it's business or work or whatever, as long as we do it every single day, we're going to get somewhere. Like exactly. there's going to be some sort of results, some sort of outcome. We can't just keep putting our hard work in mm. and nothing come of it. Mm-hmm. Whether we make mistakes, as long as we make mistakes, then we get to learn. Mm. Um, if you screw up, we get to learn. Same exactly. thing. And taking all these opportunities to keep learning, keep growing, mm. and do something every single day to get you to be the daily hustle, you're going to get somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's yeah. pretty good advice. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So look, with Super Smiles Dental, where can people find you um, if they're trying to look for, uh, for you? Um, we're located in the Chipping Norton Market Plaza, um, uh, so it's a pretty easy, convenient location. Mm-hmm. Good parking. Um, parking's downstairs, yeah, plenty of pa- uh, parking. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Are you on Instagram? We're on Instagram, supersmiles underscore dental. Yep, and then what's your TikTok? Supersmiles. Supersmiles dental. Nice. Yeah. How, how many views have you gotten on TikTok at the moment? We we did a couple of these ones that are really really bad and then one of them we did it hit about seventy five thousand. Whoa, yeah. nice. What was it? Was it just like uh, a... it was about one of my assistants telling uh, telling you know people on TikTok how she's up today. Wow, yeah. that's awesome, man. Yeah. Seventy five thousand views. Seventy five thousand views. And the other thing with social media, um, I listen to I get a lot of content. I listen to all the content from Gary V. Mm, yeah, yeah, um, Gary and he's he's awesome at content. Like just keep posting, man. Yeah. That's how I started with personal training. Mm. Um, I just post it every single day mm. on, on Instagram and that's how I got all my followers. Mm. As long as you keep posting content, whether it's good content, bad content, I mean, I don't think there's ever anything such as bad content. Mm. If people aren't reacting to it, just change it up. Just exactly. something new. If people do like it, keep doing that. Exactly. And you'll keep doing it. Exactly. So I think social media, it, people overcomplicate it too much. Mm. People are like, oh, you got to post this, you got to post that, you got to put this hashtag, yeah. you have this amount of views and stuff. Like, I think it's just all bullshit. As long as you post and just analyze what happens afterwards, mm. whether if it's, if it's bad, then change it up. If it's good, keep doing it. Exactly. That's you do. Yeah, that's what we've been doing as well, you know? And that's something I haven't been looking at because I've been working, but now we took a step back. Yeah. Now like, hey, we're going to do this. It's fun, right? It's been fun. It's been fun. <laughs> awesome. So if you want to find Zamil, he's located at Chicken Norton Market Plaza. Yes. Yeah. Um, search Super Smiles underscore Dental on Instagram or you'll find Super Smiles Dental on TikTok. I'm going to look up you guys on TikTok and find out what's going on there. Um, you can find me, Tran, uh, fitness on Instagram or you can also look at Daily Hustle on uh, Instagram, dailyhustle.apparel. Um, if you want to get an NFL merchandise, you can also go to our website, daily-hustle.co. Um, if you can book, if you want to book you, it'll just be phone number or phone number online website, yeah. website yeah. Instagram. What's your website? Supersmartdental.com.au. Very simple. Just look up Supersmart Dental. You find me. Awesome. Well, thanks very much for your time, Zamil. Thank uh, you I had a pleasure uh, podcasting and recording with you. Um, thanks, you guys, for tuning in again. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys got a lot of gold nuggets of advice from Dr. Zamil. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Enjoy, have fun. Thanks, Samuel. Thank you. Thanks.